Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. takes place in your church every Sunday your presence so real people father are just coming to know you you're healing people you're delivering people you're speaking to people you're bringing people father you're doing so much we don't want to just rush through things father we stop and say thank you God thank you God Thank you for your presence, for being in this place, meeting with us every Sunday. The church is alive. Thank you, God. And you've called us to arise and shine. While darkness is still over many people and over our our land, you've called us to arise and shine. Speak to our hearts today. Let us be reminded that we have the victory in you. And we are more than overcomers. No matter what we're facing, we are overcomers. Let us be reminded of that today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. While you're standing, go with me to Mark. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to finish up with a two-week series about Satan, the fall, and the promise. I want to thank Pastor Stephen for filling in last week. How do you do, guys? Amen. Amen. Come on. How do you do, guys? I know you can hold in your Bibles, but I listened to the word. And it was uh, it was very good. It's, it's it's very refreshing to know, as a leader of a church, that if you leave and have to go out of town or whatever, church keeps going, and it goes well, and it's because of the leadership here, people that you don't even see working behind the scenes and everything else. And I thank God for this church. There's this is not a one man or one woman show. This is it takes a team and God has put together one of the best teams I've ever seen and he's adding to that team in this church. Amen. And it's a blessing to be a part of a church like this. So, this is the fifth message on angels and demons and I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast because they do build on one another, but we've been in this fascinating series, more of a teaching series. Uh, And I started two weeks ago about Satan, the fall, and then the promise. And I want to finish that up today to talk specifically a little bit about what demons do and how they attack us. And chapter 5 is a story of what's called the demoniac or the Gadarean. And it's told in the Gospel of Mark. Mark records a lot of Jesus' exorcisms, and he just seems to be um, more... uh, knowledgeable about that and so we read one here it's kind of a bizarre story it's in your bible let's read then it says then they came to the other side that's Jesus and the disciples to the country of the Gadareans and when he had come out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit I mean as soon as God begins to show up and soon as he begins to move the enemy just comes You see that? It says immediately. Is that what it says in your Bible? 
immediately. So let me tell you, soon as you begin to go after God, immediately expect a little pushback. Come on, somebody. It's just going to happen. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So come on, devil. That's, that's how you face it. It's not meant to scare you. It's meant to prepare you. And I love it because Jesus, it don't, he don't turn around and run back to the boat. Immediately he ran out to him. And it says, and the man met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him. No one could contain him. No one could fix him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles were broken in pieces. He had super strength, and neither could anyone tame him. No medicine would work or anything, so he found his dwelling among the dead, among the tombs. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran, and then we pick up the story again, and he, the man fell, and he's worshiping, even though he's tormented. And he cried out with a loud voice, and he said, and here's an evil spirit talking, and he says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me, Luke says, before the appointed time. And he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, he said, what is your name? Very rarely, only once here, Jesus allowed the spirit to talk. And he replies and he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the region or the country. Interesting. Now there was a large herd of swine that was feeding there near the mountains. And all of the demons begged him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave him permission. Then the unclean spirits went out of that man and entered the swine. There was about 2,000 of them. And the herd ran what? Violently down the steep place into the sea and was drowned in the sea so that those who fed the swine fled and they told in that city of that country. And when they had went out to see what had happened, there was this man and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, who had been known as legion, been known as having many problems, been known as nothing could fix him, nothing could help him. They gave up on him. But here he is, what? Sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Once you see that. And then it gets a little bizarre. And then they were afraid of him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And those who saw all of this, they told how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and how it entered into the pigs. And everyone's telling about this story. So they came to Jesus begging him to leave from that region. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's amazing. This story is so amazing. There's many different parts about it that is fascinating. But one here, I just got to mention how they were more afraid of the man when he was healed than he was when he was losing his mind. How many know that some people, they can't handle what God does in our lives? Sometimes, oh man, I know I've been teaching this, but I, I got a microphone in my hand. This is preaching mode for preachers. Amen. 
But some people kind of like you better when you were messed up before you met Jesus. Sometimes people don't have a problem when you're broken, disgusted, and depressed because you're just like them. But when God gets a hold of your life and begins to heal you and change you and make you back in your right mind, they don't know how to handle it. Come on, somebody. Isn't that amazing how that is? They didn't mind him as long as he had his problems. The man was running around, hurting himself, and living him in the tombs. And they said, oh, that's okay, because they had him in a category. He's, he's so-and-so. He's always been messed up. His family's been messed up. His mama's been messed up. His daddy's been messed up. And we're just kind of used to it. Sometimes you can get used to dysfunction. But when he encountered Jesus, so good. They saw the man sitting clothed and in his right mind. I want you to see that. And they couldn't handle that. They were afraid. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking in this series about Satan and the demons. And to just give you a little recap, Satan, he fell from heaven and he took with him a third of angels. And those angels are now demons. And this is what we've been learning about. And as, just as angels can ascend into the heights of the spiritual realm, listen, demons can reach the depths of hatred and bitterness and evil and perversion. That's what they do. Demons, they torment and they harass people, leading them away from God and His truth and into bondage and destructive behaviors. I want you to know that. That's what... We're talking about here what demons do, unclean spirits. We've been covering this. Mainly we've been talking about angels. But I want you to realize what the enemy does because we're told in the scriptures that we need to know what the enemy does. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians. He says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. In other words, we need to know what the enemy does. Jesus taught about Satan. He taught about demons. He talked about them all the time. As I mentioned, Mark records more about that side of his ministry than Jesus' teaching ministry. He focuses more on him delivering people. And so we're told in Scripture that, that Satan is real. And by the way, I gave you some stats a couple of weeks ago, and I just gave them from memory, and I wanted to correct that. It wasn't far off, but I wanted to give you the official statistics from Gallup uh, in America, how many people believe in the devil. 68% uh, of Americans do believe in a literal devil. That is actually encouraging. Uh, 20% do not believe, and 12% are really not sure. Well, I want you to know that whether or not you believe in the devil, he believes in you. And he is real, and he is not just an evil he thing running around. The Bible paints a very different picture. He is, as I mentioned and talked about him last time, where he came from. He was an angel in the presence of God. But Jesus said on earth that he has a kingdom, and his kingdom is not divided. Satan is not divided. Jesus said that his kingdom is very organized. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Those are four categories, and I don't have time to break them down. All you need to know that what we fight against is not flesh and blood. The problems that we fight against and what's coming against us is not flesh and blood. It's not our family members. It's not our coworkers. Although it may be coming from your neighbors, may be coming from 
whatever kind of people. I want you to see today as Christians, we need to have our eyes opened. We need to be woke and know real woke than real awakened that there is a spirit world out there and it is what's behind the evil influence in our culture today. He's very organized. He's, he plans. He is not divided, as Jesus says. That's how he is. It's, you'll never find anywhere in the Bible where a demon is fighting against another demon. But isn't it sad, in America, we've got churches fighting against churches. We need to get our act together. Come on, somebody. Tell the person next to you, you ain't my enemy. I need you to say the one to the next year because the other one got offended at that. Say, you ain't my enemy either. You ain't. I need to get that down into our hearts. We don't need to fight with one another. We fight for one another. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to divide us. I'm telling you, he wants, he get, amen? He'll divide a marriage. He'll divide a church. He'll get into a church like this, and it's growing, and God's blessed us with all of this, and ministry's going on, and, and Roger getting healed. You know, He don't like any of that. He wants to see us all depressed and all filled with doubt and unbelief and critical and skeptical and backbiting and, and complaining. Come on. You know, the one thing that kept the children of Israel out of, out of the promised land was complaining. I'm just saying that. Some of us don't need a devil. We mess things up all by ourselves. Come on, help me, Jesus. But I want to bring this out, and I use this story because in this story, there are several things that you can see what the enemy does and his working that is in our world today. These are most of them here. He does way more than this. But as I said, we need to be aware uh, of, his, of his schemes, of what he does. So you need to write some of these down. And then we're going to talk next week about the weapons of our warfare. Uh, but this week, I want to kind of put a target on what the enemy does and kind of clear up some confusion. And because sometimes we give the devil way too much credit. And then sometimes we go over here and don't even recognize that there is an enemy and we just blame it on bad luck and in the stars or you being a Capricorn or whatever. Like that, that, that's, let me tell you something, that's foolishness, I'm telling you. Hope I get that job. Knocking on, what you knocking on wood for? What is that? You are a Christian. Can I preach to you? You are a believer. The world does that. Oh, i got to check my horoscope. I'm not getting on you. I'm trying to help. Don't go to the newspaper. Go to this book right here. Trying to help us. That's all I'm trying to do. Help us, Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. Pray. Number one, you can write this. Satan, he can cause physical illness. I want to write this down. And I need to tell you this because God gets a lot of, of this. Uh, wrath from people is that God makes people sick. And, but I want you to see that Satan is the one that causes people to be ill. He's the one that physical illness can come from. But there, there is a difference between, and as I said, I wanted to teach this because we get kind of one way or another with it. Because the church at one time did think that all sicknesses 
was from a demon, and that is not so in Scripture either, that there are sicknesses that are in our world today simply because of the fall, that because of the fallen nature, you you can't stop yourself from getting old. Have you noticed that? It's in the mirror. We can try everything from, you can name it, but it's a consequence of the fall. Ten in ten die. Right? We get that. So sicknesses do happen. But Satan does cause some sicknesses. Here's a scripture that tells us both. Because for a long time, the churches in, in the back in the day just thought you, if you had a headache, you had a demon. If you had a backache, you had a demon. And I want you to see that that's not so. The Bible says in Matthew, then Jesus' fame went through all of Syria, and they brought to him sick people with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed. Do you see that? And then he names a couple of them, epileptics and paralytics. Now, some in the Bible had a spirit that was making them sick, blind, a mute spirit. There was a woman in Luke 13 for 18 years. This blows my mind. She was coming to church every Sunday, but she was bent over, the Bible says, by a spirit of infirmity. And Jesus healed her, and the spirit of infirmity left her, and she was healed. Others were just sick by a disease that happens to us. So what's the verdict, Pastor Eddie, the last five words? And he healed them all. That's it right there. Come on, give God. That's, it don't matter. You need to know if it's a spirit, if it's a devil. Listen, all you need to know is that Jesus can cure it all. But Satan is in Scripture, and the reason why the early church did associate all illnesses with the demon, because ultimately and technically, he is the source of the fall, caused the fall. So therefore, all sicknesses and illnesses are attributed to him. We see this in Acts 10. It says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? With what? And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So he just put it all in one category, because sickness is not from God. It's from, it is from Satan, but it doesn't mean you have a spirit. But the Satan is involved in some illnesses. I do know some people that have battled illness over and over and over again. It's like been in their family, and they're healthy, and, and some things they can't even diagnose. They genetically cannot say we, it's not showing up in your body anywhere, but they have a physical illness. I'm telling you, it can be caused by a spirit. But you need to know that Jesus... Can, is greater than any spirit, and he can heal of any spirit, of any spirit or any illness that we may have. The enemy can also cause mental illness. Mental illness is huge in our day. It's huge, and there can be a physiological breakdown in the human body as well. Absolutely, there can be a chemical imbalance. There could be something that is not wrong. Again, the gene pool is so tainted since the original Adam and Eve that we've got all kinds of things we can't explain. It can be a physical illness. However, the Bible is very clear, and even in this story, that this man's mental illness was caused by an evil spirit. He would cry out night and day, mentally oppressed. 
he would cut himself. He was a cutter. It says in verse 5, he would, he would cut himself. Again, these can be a depressed state that people get into, but it can also be an evil spirit that is, it could be demonic. It could be a demonic uh, activity that's going on in your home and in your family. So what you need to do is you need to get together and you need to pray in the name of Jesus and pray deliverance over that. I'm telling you just how this man was. And at the end of the story, after his encounter, he was clothed and in his right mind. He would hurt himself, and the Bible says he was sitting there in his right mind. I didn't go put it on the screen, but in 2 Peter chapter 2, it says a righteous man named Lot was oppressed. A Christian can be demonically oppressed. It doesn't say in the scripture that a Christian can be demon-possessed. I don't believe that because you've got the Spirit of God in you. And I don't believe the Spirit of God is down there playing chess or checkers with the evil spirit. I don't think that... I don't think they can get along. The Bible says darkness and light can't exist together. But I do believe, and Second Peter tells us, that a Christian, righteous man, he calls righteous Lot three times a righteous man. And it says he was oppressed by the evil and wicked conduct that he saw and he heard every day. So we know that things that we see and things that we hear can influence us in a negative way and cause anguish and anxiety and even oppression. I ain't getting no amens today. You hearing this? That's why Jesus said, beware of what you listen. That's why we talk so much uh, in the Christian walk about putting standards and putting boundaries in everything and entertainment and all these different things because you've got everyone. Let me just say this because it is different with everyone. Everyone needs to be aware of what will awaken darkness in you. Everyone needs to be aware of that and be able to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit. But I want you to see that a lot of mental illness in this story, in this man's situation, it was a spiritual problem. And let me encourage you, if you're going to the doctors and the doctors are trying everything and you're not getting any better, I'm telling you, it may not be a physical problem. It could be a spiritual problem. And if you've got a spiritual problem, you need a spiritual fixer. Did you hear me? And that spiritual fixer is the Holy Spirit. It is God, and he can clean your mind. I can bring my mom up here, and she could tell you how she went through a time in her life where she was having a nervous breakdown, and she thought she was losing her mind physically. And you know what it was? She'll tell you. What was it, Ma? She wasn't reading the word. She just simply wasn't in the Bible. She got along with God and she prayed and was like, God, what's my problem? And God said, you haven't been in my word. You haven't been memory. You haven't gotten in my word and let that word bring. The Bible says anxiety is in the heart of man, but a good word will bring him out. That's Proverbs. Anxiety can go deep in the heart of man. How many has ever dealt with anxiety? It's a real thing. It's a deep thing. But the Bible says, but a good word can bring them out. What's that good word? This right here. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He's not going to be able to just live by food alone. But you and I need a spiritual food, and that is the word of God. Amen. These are just some things that the enemy does do in our culture, and we need to be aware of it. Pray for healing. Pray for physical healness. Healing, pray for mental healing, nudity, 
is all through Scripture, and it is associated with demonic activity. Luke chapter 6 flat out says this man would run around naked. He would not keep any clothes on. And I, I don't need to remind you or tell you how today in our culture there is just an overwhelming advertisement of nudity. It's just everywhere you go and look and see, it just it's everywhere. I'm telling you that there is a connection with all this nudity that we see in our culture with, demo, with demon spirits and a working of Satan. God created the body, absolutely. And I talked a couple of weeks ago how God created sex. He invented it. It's in the Word of God. It's meant to be enjoyed between a husband and a wife. Your Bible says in Hebrews that marriage is honorable before all men and the bed is undefiled. Come on, somebody. I told you a couple of weeks ago I gave you your favorite verse. It's in Corinthians 7. However, everything God, everything that God created, listen, Satan has perverted it. Everything. Everything. Here, let, me, let me just be clear on this nudity. Pornography is of the devil. Let me just say that. Let me try to help you with that. It's not something that boys or girls look at to help them get through the teen years. I'm telling you, please listen to this preacher today. If you view pornography, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm telling you with tears in my eyes, you don't realize what you're doing. You're opening up a door into your life that you will battle for the rest of your life. You will battle it for the rest of your life. And once you realize the bondage that is associated with it, you will realize that it is demonic. John Revere, we're, are, we're going through his uh, teaching on Tuesday nights, us men. Men, be here at 7. We've been having this last Tuesday night was a better turnout than the first week. It was a great turnout, breaking up into small groups and just talking about stuff. But John Revere is very, is very transparent about the addictions that he had in his life. But you need to know this about pornography. It, it brings destruction. It's demonic. And you will battle it for the rest of your life. And it will hold you in bondage. You with me still? I know it's, it's heavy, but you got, we gotta, we got to wake up. You, gotta, you got the Holy Spirit in you. And you don't need to take these notes with you and walk around through life and say, oh, Pastor Eddie said not to see that. No, no, no. You got, the Bible says you have a teacher that lives within you that will show you what you ought to view and not look at, go and what not to do. And let me just say, when you are in tune with the Holy Spirit and you are at these places or in these situations and, and there is a demonic presence there or there is something that is unclean, evil, that is not of God, the Holy Spirit will let you know. And you and I simply just need to heed to him and listen to him and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I know a lot of marriages have been destroyed because of the pornography. And let me tell you something, it's demonic. It will destroy everything about you because Satan come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now let's change gears a little bit. This is not in this story, but this is what I would think we, we battle more than anything with Satan, what he wants to do in our lives, and that is Satan twists the truth of God's word. This is probably what he is at the hardest job and the hardest work for him right now is what he's doing is he's trying to confuse people. He twists the truth of God. He's done it from Adam and Eve. He's done it to Jesus. He came to Eve and said, did God not say, I was going to do Genesis 3 today, but 
I chose to do this story because I believe God, people need to get delivered and see that we've got the power to get delivered and set free in our lives. And he came to Satan and said, uh, or to Eve and said, said, did God really say that you can't eat of all the trees? And she said, what he tried to do is tried to get her to only see half the story. He said, uh, God said you couldn't eat of this tree. He got her eyes off of all the trees. And if you go back and read in Genesis 2, the commandment God said to Adam and Eve is, I give you all the trees of the garden, but this one do not touch. Satan came and forgot about all of that and said, look what you can't do. The enemy always tells us only half of the story. If you do this, it will bring you pleasure. If you do this, it will bring you this. He won't tell you that it will also lead to destruction. It will also wreck your life. It will also cause you to be more depressed than you've ever been in your life. But First Timothy, Paul says, now the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. He says, in later times, some will de- depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Doctrines, that's belief systems that are of the devil and are, are not of God. He says, who, who says these things? He tells us, he says, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be led astray from the simplicity that is in Christ. I love that. In other words, he says, listen, it is a simple thing to serve God. Obey God, or believe in Jesus, and do what he says. That's it. Believe in Jesus, and just do what he says. You don't got to understand all demonology. I'm not talking about demons and angels, and some of you are like, whoa, Pastor Eddie, I just came here today. I was invited by a friend, and you can talk about this, and whoa, I don't understand there's demons out there, and you're going to go running around looking every time you got to, you know, looking for demons. Listen, don't get into that. Like I said, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is let our light shine for Jesus and win the loss at all costs. But Paul said it's so simple and that sometimes we think it's more complicated and we complicate things. But it's very simple. Believe in Jesus. And if you really believe in Jesus, it will be demonstrated in you living for him. I taught this to my girls when they were little girls. I would get the little Barbie dolls down and I would, I would teach it with them. And I would say I wanted them to get it. I wanted them to get it. It's very simple. To be a Christian was what? And they would answer you. If you asked Felicia when she was seven years old, how did you become a Christian? What does it mean to be Christian? She would say, believe in Jesus and do what he says. You know what I also taught them was being a hypocrite, a Pharisee. I taught them Pharisee means play actor. It means one who wears a mask. Remember back in the day, in the old days, the entertainment, they would put a mask on. That's what a hypocrite came from. That's what Jesus called Pharisees. And there were people that knew about God but didn't know God in their heart. And I didn't want that to happen with my girls, so I would teach them that. That's someone that's faking and someone that really doesn't know Jesus. And Just simple. Everybody say simple. He would say simple. But then he goes on and he says, For if one comes preaching another Jesus whom you have not been preached, if we have not preached, or if... You receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted. He says, you put up with it. He's kind of rebuking them. He says, if someone comes and tells you about another Jesus, what is that? What did Jesus say? Well, Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. So Paul says, if someone comes to you and says, there's another way. There's another way. 
to get to heaven. You really don't, you really don't have to, you know, be a fanatic and be born again. You know, you just kind of, you just kind of believe in that he's up there, you know, and be a good person. Don't kill nobody. I mean, come on. I mean, that's, you can basically, that, that's just it. No, no, no. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't say it. Is that what it says? Paul said, if someone comes to you and in the last days, we're going to be told all kinds of things. That there's going to be another way to heaven, that God wouldn't do that. And he's this another another spirit. He says, you may pick up another spirit. What's that? That's when you just listen to somebody and they give you their philosophy and you're like, that don't sound right. You know what I'm saying? That don't sound right. It's just. It just don't make sense. I mean, you sound very, you know, sincere, but how many know you can be sincerely wrong? <laughs> Amen. I'm trying to help us. Today. That's what we came to church to do, right, is to learn the word, is to get serious in the word of God. And that's what this is about. He says that these are, um, then he goes on to say, for such are such false apostles who deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So watch this. No wonder, for Satan himself can transform himself, or he does transform himself, into an angel of light. Isn't that amazing? Therefore, it is no strange thing that his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. That's why I tell you this. How do you avoid that? Is learn the word of God. That's why we've got to learn the word of God. You know, memorizing it, yeah, absolutely. But what I what I mean by learning the Word of God is as you and I learn the Word of God, if you are told something or or you see someone on TV who you may adore because they're a great actor, I said this a few weeks ago, and, and they make us feel good with their songs and they can sell out Ford Field and they got great music and, and you've, you're a big fan. And that's that may be awesome, but let's not confuse an entertainer with someone that can speak the truth into your life. Because what is dangerous is they'll sit these guys down and they'll hand them a microphone and they'll say, what do you think about God? What do you think about this issue? What do you think about that issue? And then they share what it is and then soon enough we start going, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, that may be right. No, 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 listen, you can be entertained by them. I, I love movies and watching it and say, yeah, that's good. You know, I love it. But I get my truth from the Word of God. Come on, are you with me today? I, I know that this is just straight. This is just, this is just right down the middle today. This is what we need. Come on. Batter up. The weather's breaking. I can't wait. Amen. You got to get it right down the middle. Got to keep it clear. Because so much of the truth has been blurred today. And we don't even know what's right and wrong no more. And we, and we get away with it. Well, I'm telling you, you've got to get in the Word of God. So when you're presented with something, you go, man, that, that, that's not the, that don't make sense. That's not like the character of God. Like, like a couple of months ago, I was texting Steve, my brother. He had a very urgent, he was asking me something, and it was very important. And so I, I didn't see it at first, but I saw it a few minutes later. Uh, no, I actually saw it, but I needed a minute. How many know sometimes you see a text? If I don't reply in five seconds, i got to think about it. Amen? I seen that you read it. I took that off anyway. 
Because sometimes your texts will come in and I'm driving and I, I can't, I'm just wait. I got four more. I'm thinking about it. How many's with me? Tell your neighbor, don't get offended. Tell the other neighbor, say, don't be so petty. Come on, somebody. Don't be so petty. I just set some people free. Woo. See that peace and that calm come right over? Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood behind text messages. But against that little whisper. You see, they're ghosting you. You see, they're not like, they don't like you. There's the enemy. And it can really get in you. And it can really, you come to church and be like. Come to find out their phone got ran over by a car. So that really happened to somebody in our church. I'm not going to embarrass her. <laughs> Things happen. So I, I text Steve back later, and he didn't get back to me. And I was like, I thought this was important. Come to find, find out, this was before Josiah got his own phone. Josiah had his phone, and he's playing games. And Uncle Eddie's text came down, and he went, Foop. But I knew right away, here's the point, that that wasn't Steve's character to ghost me. You need to get to the place when you hear something out there that it doesn't line up with God's character. That No, 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 no. I know I didn't get my prayer answered the way I thought it was going to, but I know he still loves me. I know he's still going to make a way. I know he has not left me because his word says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Hallelujah, it doesn't line up with his character. Write these three takeaways down, and then we're going to go home. Three takeaways. Number one, the whole point of all of this that we're teaching is simply to remind us that we are involved in a spiritual battle. I don't have enough time to break everything down that we wrestle against, but I want you to see that it's not all physical, that there is a spiritual realm out there, and it comes through various ways. And it comes, sometimes we're fighting the wrong battle. Sometimes you need to include God in that marriage. You need to include God in that breakthrough. In order to get a breakthrough, these times, um, the enemy tries to keep us away from God. It's a spiritual battle. Some of you had a battle getting to church today. Again, what he does is he keeps you from hearing the truth. That's why your kids will be fine until Sunday morning. They wake up with every disease known to man. It's like, what in the world? What happened? Puking and cars breaking down. And, and you, Am I right? You know what I'm saying? But you, you got to get somewhere, man. They're up and at them. It's boom. But not to the house of God on Sunday, I guarantee you. When our girls were little, it would be like that. It was amazing. And uh, we'd come to church. Sometimes they'd get sick on our way to church. It was just one stayed, the other one went home. Amen. I won't get the word. Amen. But this is how it happens. Number two. Anytime, and this is serious, anytime we don't deal with sin, it creates a demonic opportunity. Oh, man, this is, this is so important. Hear me today. Let me just give you one example. Ephesians says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your, on your wrath because it gives place or opportunity to the devil. You see that? He had... There's a story in the Bible where Jesus looked at Peter, and Peter, he looked at Peter, and he said, Satan has asked for you. 
Satan can't touch a believer unless he gets permission. And I don't understand why sometimes if you read the book of Job, we get it because we get all of the book of Job. But Job didn't understand what was happening. And there are some things we don't understand in this life. And trusting God sometimes is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. But I'm telling you, those obvious things that we open the door to when we have sin and things going on, the Holy Spirit's convicting us. I'm just telling you in love today, you need to shut the door because you're giving opportunity to the enemy into your marriage, into your life. into your. He'll steal your peace. He'll steal your sleep. He'll steal your joy. He'll steal everything you can think of. That's what he does. But he has to have a door. What did God tell Cain? Cain said, if you just do right. Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. One of the most powerful verses in Scripture. And lastly, this is what I want to end with. We have authority through Jesus Christ to overcome all sin and the power of the enemy. Come on, give him praise for that. Romans says, sin shall not have dominion over you. When I come out of my addictions and my lifestyle, I read that in Romans 6. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. I don't care what you're battling today. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In my name they shall lay hands on the devil and cast out devils. They shall heal the sick. It's all in the word of God. Can I end with one story? When I got saved, and then we're going to pray. Musicians, you can come. And I, I was only a Christian for a few months, and I had an encounter with a person that's much like this story. Demons are real. Evil spirits are real. And I was in my house. We were, I, lived, I just moved to this house in Melvindale, and I was partying all the time. And my neighbor across the street, we never got together, but he would party. We would both party, but we never party together. I know. Fast forward. I got saved during that fall. Gave my life to Jesus. And apparently he must not have known it. And we got up one Sunday and we was going to church. And I looked and here he come. This guy was a real big guy. I was 25. He's probably 21 at that time. Um, he was very popular with the ladies and with everybody. If I said his name, if you're from Down River, some of you might know him. Um, he was a dancer with Chippendales. I mean, this guy was very known, very, very wild man, this guy was. He lived with his mom and stepdad. Um, but he also would just go on binges with drinking and partying. And he was having the police over at his house all the time. And, and it started getting worse and worse and worse. He would go on these blackouts. I heard him. Uh, one time I was upstairs and I can hear him arguing with his stepdad in the front of the house. And he said, we're moving out because you're scaring your mom and I. And he's a big guy. He goes, what do you mean? I've never hurt you. And uh, they go, no, man, you, you're just you're just out of control. And I heard him say this. Well, it ain't my fault. Something something just takes over me and I black out and I'm not. I don't know what's happening. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. This guy's de- dealing with something that's not physical. He's dealing with a spiritual problem. Sunday morning on the way to church, he walks across. He's coming to, the, to my car. He's been up all night. He has no shirt on. This guy never wore clothes. <laughs> True story. And he come walking up to the house, and I look over, and I said, okay, this is going to be fun. And he goes, he goes, hey, man, you got any beer? You got anything left over, man? Because he thinks I'm partying still. And I said, um, well, actually, uh, we're on our way to church. I kid you not. He looked at me, and he made this, the, if he could have, killed me he would have it's like I said something about his mom I was like this just anger came over him and he went "Mm," he had this look and I was like 
did. And he just backed up and just walked into his house. And I got in the car, and I said, that was interesting. And I told my wife, I said, man, man, that guy's really going through nuts. I came home, and all day he's running around in front of his house just in this going nuts, screaming, yelling. And he gets on the front porch, and he's right across the street from me. And he would look over at me, and he would yell at the, at the house next to him, Jesus loves you. God loves you. And he'd look over, and he's like he was mocking. It's like that spirit in Acts that followed Paul around and would, and, would, and would aggravate him. That's what he was doing. He was just mocking. And then he would look over, and he would say stuff about God. And I had the kids in the house, and everybody was like, hide your kids. He's at it again. You know what I mean? It was like seriously known thing in the neighborhood. And and uh, he, but this is, it got worse. It got real bad. And later that night, he would sit on his front porch and he would hunch over and he would just go, he would just moan. He would just, and he was drooling and he was looking right. It's a true story. I'm standing there looking at this guy. I could see him from across the street and he's humping over. And I said, okay, this guy, something ain't right. And all night I, I was up and I'm looking across the street and it's all black. All the lights are out. And you heard this most ungodly moaning you've ever heard coming from this guy's house. It's a true story, I'm telling you. And I, I said, I, call, I did what every man of God should do. I called my dad. <laughs> I only been saved a couple months. I only got saved a couple months. I mean, I knew what it was, but I, in my mind, I'm thinking, I got to go over there and get some anointing oil like Shambach. In the name of Jesus. I'm thinking that in my mind. I got to do that or be like TBJ's. Come on, come on, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm thinking in my mind, that's, that's how you do it, right? That's, that's how, and I'm thinking, and the police are going to come, and I'm going to be on Action News. Look at this weirdo. And, and I said, Dad, this guy is seriously demon-possessed, and I don't know what to do. And I love it. He said, Eddie, listen, you may not be mature enough in the Lord to handle this on your own. You need to pray for that man and go on a fast, and I'll agree with you, and we're going to see deliverance in that man's life. I was like, thank you, Dad. So my wife made Kentucky, or she made chicken better than Kentucky Fried Chicken. How many know the best food is right before you fast? Come on, some. And I remember I said, I'm going to fast. And I went and I got in my car and I looked across the street and it was silent. And I said, all right, I'm going to fast for this guy. And instead of eating, I began to pray for him morning, afternoon, and evening. I came home and there was nothing, no police. It was quiet in the neighborhood. I said, honey, how was the neighborhood today? She said, it was fine. No one's seen him. Three days went by, nothing, not a sound. And I said, wow, I'm sitting on my front porch, reading my word. All of a sudden, I see this shadow coming up across the sidewalk, and it's getting bigger all the way up. I look up, and it's him. He's clothed. He's got a dress shirt on. I didn't know he owned a dress shirt. <laughs> True story. He had a dress shirt on and some khakis. He said, hey, you want to hear something cool, something funny? Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. He goes, I just gave my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. True story. I'm like, wow. I said, you got to tell me about this, man. And he goes, yeah. He said, just the other day I was at the house and I've been having these blackouts, man. And I don't know, I go for days and I wake up and I'm cutting myself. And I remember one time the fire department couldn't get him out of the house. They, they tased this man. They tried everything. He had super strength, I'm telling you. Everyone in the neighborhood knew this guy was crazy. And um, he said, 
then I had my girlfriend over, and I was on one of my binges and going nuts, and I guess I went nuts and, and um, started yelling at her. She grabbed a card, a church card off the table uh, uh, that belonged to a church that I had to do community service for. And she called him and said, hey, uh, pastor, I don't know who you are, but my husband, my boyfriend's over here going nuts. I think he needs Jesus. And my friend said, all I remember seeing the church van pull up in front of his house. He said, I blacked out. And I came to, and I'm on the ground looking at this pastor saying, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of him. That's what's happening. He said he blacked out again, and all of a sudden he remembers coming to, and his girlfriend was on her hands and knees crying. The house was a wreck. He don't remember how the house got there. He said he just began to cry like a little baby. That man went on to go to church with me. We got baptized together. He got saved. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. We're good friends to this day. Come on, stand with me today in the house of God. I'll tell you more about him some other time. But my point is this. God can deliver. He can save. He can heal. And he can deliver. I know we're getting late and I want to relieve our volunteers. But if you need prayer today, I want to ask our altar teams to come on up. They were here early today praying for this service. And I believe it's not a coincidence that we're praying about deliverance. And everyone is in, what a, what a spirit of worship in the house of God today. Do you sense that today? And if you need prayer, maybe you want to stand in for somebody. I want to encourage you to come up and give prayer today. Jesus is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can heal and he can, if you, if you feel like you are under attack. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.